This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. As his former, uh, where are we? And a warm welcome to his former Bury boss, Chris Lichetti, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, who's going to come as assistant manager. And we're here to get your thoughts. So, Miss Diane, what's your thoughts on Graham Alexander coming the new manager of Bradford City? I think it's a good one, at least it's not Joey Barton. <laughs> I think it's going to be a good one. We just have to get behind the lads now and him on Saturday and see what he can bring for us. So what do you think he's going to bring then to Bradford City? Because I know under Salford, I think he did well with Salford, didn't he? Then did it go a bit peaked on? Yeah, it went wrong at Salford, and but he did, don't forget, he did get um, Fleetwood promoted, which I've just got his um, Wikipedia up. John, everything. So, so, yeah. where's, he, so where's he managed then, Diane Love? Where's he managed? He has done Preston North End as a caretaker, Fleetwood, Scunthorpe, Salford, Motherwell, and Milton Keynes Don, Dons. Okay, yep. And where is it? So, so where, how long did he last at Milton Keynes? Let's have a look. Uh, it's just saying 2023. Let me just go down and see if I've got anything on his managerial career. Um, on the 27th of May 2023, Alexander was appointed head coach of recently relegated EFL League 2 club Milton Keynes. His tenure started well on 8th of September. Alexander was named EFL League 2 manager of the month for August. After the club finished the month top of the table with 12 points from their opening five games. However, following a run of eight league games without a win on 16th of October, the sacked him. So Pedro's just put out Hopefully he will provide. He hopefully he proves every. Oh, uh, oh my god, I can't speak today. Put my teeth back in. One final attempt. Hopefully he <laughs> proves us all wrong. Yeah, I agree with you there, Pedro. Yeah, definitely. Has anyone else got any thoughts on it? Anyone want to put a request in? Get it off your chest. Are you happy? Are you unhappy? Are you nah. just generally? What's everyone's thoughts on it? So looking at comments. On social media, bloody hell, it's still all about Ryan Sparks, uh, Silver Bantam, Alexander's Bradford Army fits perfectly. What else have we got? Uh, just Saturday's gonna be tasty, meltdown when we get battered. Yeah, I've seen that one. That's from Tom. Um, two, have you got any thoughts on it? Or if you want to put any requests in. Let's see if Chew wants Chew, if you want to speak, lad. If it's Chew. Is it Chew or is it somebody else? Let's see if he wants to join. I sent a request to him if he wants to join, because I know he's very useful on stuff like this. Yeah. I don't... 
So it looks like our uh, BBC Radio leads are doing something at 6pm with this. Uh, John F, a new manager for Bradford, welcome to the club, good luck. Full support, but the facts remain there need to be major changes in the ownership. So people are still a bit about the ownership. So, yeah. Mr. Chu, if you have you got anything you want to say on it, bud? Uh, I mean, I'm happy. I think it's a. I think he's a good manager appointment. I thought we I, I thought he should have got the job before Mark Hughes. Um, but just on something you said, it, it didn't actually go wrong at Salford. Salford sacked him fifth in the league and then said, "Shit, we shouldn't have done that." Like Gary Neville literally came out and said, "We shouldn't have ever sacked him." He's just they thought that they should be higher in the league, which we've seen Salford aren't a, you know, a, a top three side. He got them promoted from the National League. Um, so, yeah, people are focusing on this this time with MK Dons, but they're focusing on the fact that, yes, he got sacked after eight games without a win. Absolutely fine. He also got manager of the month for August after, you know, four wins in his first five league games. And then you look at the rest of his career and there's only one time in his career that he's drawn or lost more games than he's won. And that was at Motherwell where I think he won 25, drew however many and lost 26. He lost one more game than he won. Everywhere else he's got a phenomenal win ratio. Like he genuinely, like, you, you look at his, his... He was sacked at Salford with a 48.3% win rate. Like, that's... You don't 
but it wasn't great football to watch. Like it was dull. We we would go one nil up and defend. We would try and protect a one nil lead. But yeah, for for me, if we get out of this league and he's pushing us in the right direction, and you can see an identity and you can see what he's trying to do, which hopefully we will be able to, um, then yeah, I'm all for it. Got to give him this season. I think I know people want to go up and want to push on this season, but it's a tough league this year. And if you weren't prepared in August when the season kicked off to kick on, it's probably too late at this stage. Not saying don't try and not saying don't try and kick on and try and get some results in because obviously we should. But for me, I think if if you're looking at the league now, there's a top three that are probably going to steamroll through. Um, Maybe we can make the playoffs, but then at the same time, there's some very established teams in that playoff picture that have an identity and have worked well together for a while. It's going to be a hard ask this season. Give him this season to find out what we're all about. Let's not hound him out come February, regardless of what happens. As long as we're not in a relegation battle, let him try. Let him try different things. Let shit go wrong, because that's the only way we're going to learn. Yeah, so looking at Graham Alexander's Wikipedia page and stats, I don't know how correct this is. So Preston North End caretaker, 14th of December 2011 to 16th of January 2012. Played 5, one 2 drawn 2, lost 1, win ratio 40%. Fleetwood, 6th of December 2012 to 30th of September 2015. Played 145 games, won 56, drew 35, lost 54, win ratio of 58.6. Scunthorpe United, 12th of March 2016 to 24th of March 2018. Played 113 games, won 53, drew 38, lost 38, win ratio of 46.9. Salford, 14th of May 2018 to 12th of October 2020. 112 games, won 54, drew 27, lost 31, win ratio of 48.2. Motherwell, 7th of January 2021 to 19th of July 2021, 69, 27, he won 27 games, 14 draws, 28 losses, 39.1. Milton Keen Dons, 27th of May 2023 to 16th of October 2023, played 16, won 6, drew 4, lost 6, ratio 37.5. So he's... His win ratios are well apart from obviously Milton Keane Dons. Which bear in mind, MK Dons were a basket case coming into this season. Their fans were protesting against their owners coming into this season. No one expected MK Dons to do anything until Graham Alexander went in there. That's that's the impact that Graham Alexander had. People were literally, there were people predicting double drop for MK Dons this season. They thought MK Dons were going to be down the bottom end of League Two because of how bad they were last season and the off-field issues. Graham Alexander came in and that's when people turned for them to then go, these, these should be doing good this season, Graham Alexander's going to do well. Didn't work for him, doesn't always work at every club. It's just just the way it is. You know, I saw someone the other day say, in fact, sorry, yesterday, Graham Alexander's been sacked at every club he's been at. Fantastic. Name a manager that hasn't. So we've had Sam put uh, January be huge for us. And then we've got Lancaster Bantam, free pass for me next for me next season, go for it, not make it this year. Knows the league, however, he's once not got an ego manic, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Egomaniac. 
have you got any thoughts on it, Daniel? Dan, Diane, sorry. Daniel, have I changed it? I didn't know that. No, not really. I think it's just like I say, if we, all his room ratios are okay, just if we get behind them, we've got to get behind them now. And like we say, even if we don't go up this season, I think we'll have a good chance next season. Does anybody know what his uh, like tactics are like or formation? Does he play wingers, not wingers? Does anybody he, know? Um, there's a if you go on the paraders or at paraders there, he did a full thread on Graham Alexander yesterday. His style of play, what you can expect. It's all it's all on their tactics, formations a lot. I'll go and say I'm just going on that now. <laughs> right, the paraders. See what he says. So, come on, Twitter. Don't fail me now, Twitter. Has anyone else got any requests they want to put in or anything? Put a request in and we'll get you through. Uh, Parader. Here we go, Parader. Here we go. So, this is from the Parader and it's from November the 5th. And click on it, come on. There we go. So before I discuss the preferred play on my play style, da, da, da. the first season at Solvard, he took them from National League to League Two, another massive achievement, especially from the first season of Gary Neville. He led Motherwell. Da, da, da. So what's the style does he impact? Uh, at Solvard, he played 4-4-2 set up. However, in the game, the wingers would play in the, ha in the half space. So it was more 4-2-2-2 with a lot of I can't pronounce that word, on full backs. His style does very depends on what he thinks is best throughout his career. He adopts to what he thinks is best, but my personal option is 4-4-2. 4-2-2-2 is the one he deploys so as well. In terms of his MK Donstin, it doesn't go to plan. Uh, yada, yada, yada. He's a manager that he will do whatever it takes to win games. So hopefully, if we're losing or drawing, he'll bring attacking player on. He he's known to be a good man manager and a big improvement on the players. He big on setting up in the way that suits person person as well as his beliefs. In in the first season in League Two, he managed eleventh place finish. The season was finished oh, due to COVID. Answered quite his average is 4.2 shots on target. So he's asked uh, later on, would anyone take Alex? I'm just going to call him Alex for sure because it's easy to pronounce. Uh, so Paul Butcher, I've heard that Graham, for me, that would be underwhelming appointment. So people, I think, like him. So what's your thoughts on it, Diane? Is she still there? Two, are you still there? Sorry, yeah, yeah, I had yeah, my mic here. off. I, I, I can't hear Diane when she speaks. Oh, you can't? Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> no, I've, I had my mic off, sorry. Um, it depends. If he plays the 4 4 2 or like what you say that he plays, we'll just have to wait and see what happens because it'll get it down on the training ground now to see what will work best for him. Yep. It's also, uh, so from Jamie Rayner, Bradford appoint Graham Alexander as their new manager. 52-year-old has signed a deal until the summer of 2026. So does that mean he's signed a three-year deal? 
2026? Two, two and a half. Yeah. So two and a half, Neil. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, so it'll be, yeah, it'll see us through the end of, to the end of this season and then two seasons after. So are you are you too happy with it? Are you happy? Do you think Ramiz will kick up, get, uh, the players will get to kick up the arse now and do you think they'll improve? Sorry, I can't hear Diane speak, so you have to tell me when it's me. Sorry. Do you want to speak for... Um, I think the players will improve because they'll want to prove to the new manager of how he does, how they do, and what they do for him. So you'll, you'll get probably get the new manager syndrome on Saturday. So hopefully go out for the win for him. So I think so, it'll be a good game. So what's your thoughts on it too, Dan? Stop, you stop talking now. So for me, if he hadn't have gone to MK Dons for the beginning of this season, there'd be no question marks over his head from our fans at all because his record up until the MK Dons thing was pretty much speak for itself. We all know that the, the SPL is an absolute basket case of a league. No one really knows what to expect there. Unless you're the top two clubs, you don't really know where you're going to finish at any point. So, no, for me, it, the MK Dons thing maybe put some question marks over his head for some fans, but as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't do. You're judging the man over 16, off, off of a 16-game stint in which he still won manager of the month in his two months that he was there, and you're discounting hundreds of like 400 plus games elsewhere in which he was a success. Um, look, as far as I'm concerned, we ain't got no choice. We, that's who. We, that's our manager. That is our manager at this point. And it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So get behind it. And as we've seen him do at multiple clubs, he can bring special things and he can make things work. So let's look, there's no point being negative about it because that's who the manager is. And what's your thoughts on it, Deezy? Uh, good evening, everybody. Can you hear me? Okay. Can hear you, mate. Loud and yeah. Clear. I think I think I'm a bit a bit mixed. Uh, I think you know his record pre MKs. Completely agree with that. And in August 23, he got manager of the month. Went on an eight game losing streak and got fired. So I think he was a bit harsh. A couple of lads in the groups that I knock around with on WhatsApp about City were somebody put up his resume on on uh, link on. Um, sorry, Wikipedia, which points to obviously some, some success, but his, his average tenure, I think he's about 18 months uh, in, in, in the jobs that he's taken from a managerial perspective. And, you know, we've gone and offered him a two and a half year deal. So have we, have we, have we not learned anything from, from our previous sort of um, offering managers sort of longer term contracts? You know, I think for me, he, it's, it's a good appointment given that we're in League Two. And the guy's a winner with, I think, a 43% win, win, win stats or, you know, historic win stats. So, you know, I think we just got to get behind him. I, I think Diane said about, you know, you get this new manager syndrome where the players sort of lift because, um, you know, they're going to be looking in January for a, for a new strategy on players coming in. And I think that that will be, that will be prevalent up until January. So hopefully that gives us, gives us a lift. And if that gives us confidence, then, you know, we might kick on this season. Um, I just hope, hope it doesn't end in disaster because I just don't think we can afford it. So I'm sort of 65, 35 in, in it being a good appointment is, is, is where I'm at. But then I got to be realistic as well. So maybe put 70, 30 in favor of. Cause. Stefan Baxter's just uh, message does say just uh, just have to see how the appointment plays out. Will he get a tune out of the players? 
and will he play them to their strengths? I still think they are deeper issues at the club. Yeah, so I mean, Derek Adams has come out today, hasn't he, and said, you know, the, the, the something along the lines of, you know, we, he could have got us up. Um, I don't know exactly how sped read it, but basically, the fundamentally, we we're on marbles as a club in that we don't own the ground, we don't own the training facility. We, you know, we we we, we can't, you know, we couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery basically is what what he, what he was alluding to now you know deluded adams might be deluded but i think he has got a bit of a point and like that fellow that's just said it to you you, you know you insanity is he's doing the same thing over and over again and ex expecting a different result and that's not my words that's einstein's words so are we doing it again i don't i don't i don't know time will tell i just hope we're not do you want to say something, Chew? You've got your hand up. Yeah, just a couple of things. On the, um, you spoke about the two and a half year deal. If you appoint a manager, you appoint a manager that you believe can take you forward long term. Yeah. And so that, 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 that explains the two and a half year deal. They've obviously seen that they believe that he can be here for the long term. If he, if we gave him, let's say, a, a 12, 18 month deal and come the end of this season, he'd done really well. Let's say we, got into the playoffs or we just missed out on the playoffs and it was a real improvement started next season well someone comes in for him what happens then people then moan and say we didn't give him a long enough deal we didn't tie him down like you've mm -hmm. kind of got to take that risk unfortunately um again when mark hughes came in and they announced him on a two and a half year deal no one batted an eyelid everyone couldn't believe we'd managed to secure mark hughes to a two and a half year deal it's just the way it is as for derek adams Derek Adams, all he's done is point out something that's been fact for the last 20 years. We've never, we haven't owned the ground since, what, 2000 and, well, when did Gibb leave? 2002, 2003? We haven't owned the ground for 20 years. We haven't owned the training ground ever. So he's, he's just pointing out things that have always been there. You know, yeah. we didn't own the ground when Parkinson was here. We, we, we didn't, you know, before Ryan Sparks came along, before Stefan Rupp came along, before Eddie Rahic, we, we didn't, nothing's changed there. Um, I think the difference is we're actually commercially we're working towards getting back to maybe looking to own the ground in the long term because we've seen that Gibbs back involved in the picture and there's a relationship there. So maybe there's a maybe that's a step in the right direction. But look, before this last few weeks, there's absolutely no way in hell that Derek Adams would have been anyone that the Bradford fans would have held up as someone who spoke any sense. They would have just torn it to pieces. It's just unfortunately people want a reason to hate Ryan Sparks and Stefan Rupp at the minute and Derek Adams has spoke at the right time. Um, no, I, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm sorry to interject that. I just think for me, you know, we signed to the kind of ethos of, you know, a, a, an evolutionary process under Hughes, two and a half years, you know, let's get where we need to get to, you know, it's, it's revolution, it's evolution, not revolutions, you know, and it just, for a four or five week silence, it just... It feels like, you know, history repeating itself. What I would have liked to have probably seen is, and, and again, you know, it's all subjective. So, you, you know, I don't disagree with anything that you've said, but I would like to have seen him take us on for this year with a, with, with an exclusive extension, because if he underperformed before the end of this season, he's gone anyway. So, so the contract is only worth the paper, the paper it's written on on the day of signing. So I would prefer to have kept him in a short term window with a view of an, a, you know, a year or two extension. But who am I, you know? I, but that, that's just, I, I agree. And that in an ideal world is a great idea. But I think, again, people need to realise that maybe Bradford City are the powerhouse that we think they are. Yeah, yeah you know, right. like, what's, 
what, who are we as a club? You know, we sack a manager. I think we're on, what, we're on 10 managers in five years? Yeah. Who are we as a club to sort of say, well, if you do well in six months, we'll give you an extension? Like someone as, like Graham Alexander, who, like I said, before MK Dons, was turning down League One clubs like left, right and centre. He he wanted mm. to spend time with his family. Like We're not in a position to proposition Graham Alexander and say, give you six months, if you do well, we'll give you longer. Like He doesn't have to prove himself to us. He's- I think I think you're right, actually. I think, actually, I'll stand corrected in so much as that he's actually, you know, we've got to get off our pedestal a little bit. And, and, and the decision, I think you said it, actually, the decision's made now. We've just got to get behind it, haven't we? And if we, get this, if, we, if we get this kind of, as I said before on this forum, you know, it's a poison trellis. You know, Sparks can't do right for doing wrong, wrong for doing right. So everybody's got an opinion, and that's why we love the club and the fan base, etc., We've, we've, it's done now. We've got to get behind it. I think it'll give us that sort of, as Diane said, that new, the player uplift because they're fighting for the jobs and January's a recruitment process, you know, and and hopefully that breeds a bit of confidence and we just kick on this season because it is salvageable, in my opinion. I think if you look at as well, sorry, sorry, just, sorry, Jenna, just quickly, if you look at the players that he was signing for MK Dons in the summer, like, he was signing some very, very good players. So yeah, players want to come and play for him. That's yeah. an exciting prospect as well. I think people have kind of maybe discounted that because, again, they're just focused on that 15-game stint. Look at the players that wanted to, to to drop, even drop down from the league above and play for him at MK Dons. Like, we mm-hmm. we are crying out for players of, like that. We we want players like that. We were jealous of their signings over the summer. People were criticising our signings and comparing them to the likes mm-hmm. of what MK Dons were doing. So, he's got that pull. He's got that. And like I say, he's proven himself be to be able to sort of say this is the deal I want I will get you where you need to go and we've either got to believe him or we've kind of got to go with someone else I think yeah look it's done, like you say it's done yeah, that's our manager let's get behind it and let's hope to, to Christ that we get out of this league because it's fucking awful I'm so with the, you I'm with you 100% yeah so the players he's sort of going back to Chew on about uh, players he's brought in uh, a couple of players he's brought in is Alex Gibley, Ashley Hunter, Cameron Norman, Tommy Smith, Nathan Harness, Ellis Harris, MJ Williams, Joe Tomlinson, Jack Payne, Anthony Stewart, Michael Kelly, and many, many more. Uh, Stan, what's your thoughts on it, bud? Well, good evening, everyone. Sorry I'm late. Um, girlfriend was ringing me on the way home, so I had to take the call. So, I, I, Apologies, I don't know what's been said, so um, I'm kind of... We're just talking about the new manager and, yeah. like, tactics, formation, obviously plays he's just brought in from when he managed MK Dons and just generally Graham Alexander in, Alexander in gen- general, really. Well, I mean, for me, it's underwhelming, but, you know... I, I, he's, he's Bradford City manager. I want every person in the club to do well because if they do well, the club does well. Um, so yeah, I mean, in in regards to regards to the, you know, like the signing he's made at MK Dons, I, I, I suspect some of that is also down to the club, as well, because you know, it's probably a reasonably well-run club um, and, and kind of going off of the Adam's comments it's like uh, Liam said basically it's not it's not saying anything that we don't know really you know it, there's 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 been managerial turmoil at the club um, for the last five six years aren't there um, 
and it's and it's not good. I, I think we right, and, and I'm not trying to be controversial, but as fans, we've just got to calm the fuck down. Excuse the French, but just basically, we've got a manager in. Let him manage and, and let him manage to the end of his contract because basically, you know, the, the, and the thing that I've sort of said and, and, and um, Liam basically agreed with me the other, other day was um, the fact that, you know, it's kind of, we, we, we're kind of pandering to the fans in making uh, decisions and I've, and I've quoted the, you know, Tywin Lannister sort of uh, line, you know, the, the line doesn't, should, does not concern itself with the opinions of the sheep. There's got to be a kind of plan. It's your plan. You've got to, because otherwise, what you say is, is well, I don't judgment or, or my judgment is blocked because I'm bringing people in. And when it goes through a stick, you're going a bit Dalekistan if you can hear me. All right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies. Uh, yeah. So, can, can everyone hear me? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Liam. Just, just quickly, because uh, while you were dipping in out, um, you said about MK and the way that the clubs run. MK Dons are in a worse position than what we are as a club. Like in the summer, their fans were literally sorry towards the back end of last season, their fans were cornering their owner in the car park, like because of how badly things have gone at that club. Um, so I think we're we're probably a better run club than. And I know people may not want to hear that, but we are a better run club than MK. Um, that's just the way it is. But yeah, their fans were, were not happy with their ownership at all. Uh, it wasn't a good thing to be in. I, I suppose what I mean by that then is, is the prospect of, of you know, kind of like, um, not so much run, but in, in terms of like, you know, the, the stadium is, is bigger, it's better, it's brand new, you know, the training facilities. So maybe it's, it's that kind of thing that I'm more talking about. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree on that, Stan. I do agree on that. They've got better facilities without any shadow of a doubt. Um, I mean, they're not they, training at a you know, school down the road. They'll have their own. Stuff. Um, and, and, you know, I would imagine that impressed by things like that. Less impressed with basically, you know, kind of having to go down the road, whatever. Well, no, not so much. Obviously, people. Clubs do have the, uh, the the ground, the training facilities elsewhere as well. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, like you said, I'm I'm, I'm going to back in, um, and I just wish that you know the, the the club would just basically stick to the guns and kind of they've they've, they've got Alexander in now. Let's see him to the end of the the contract, and and I imagine, well, going off of what you were saying as well earlier is that. No manager is going to go to any club without, like you said, a a longer term contract because it just doesn't work like that. Um, because why would you come for months? You wouldn't do that in, in in any job outside of football, you know, kind of thing. Um, um, so so with that, I think I think you know, see how it plays out. Hopefully, the players will will kind of um, have a have a lift. I mean, somebody mentioned earlier about his tactic being kind of. Playing three at the back, is it just connected, or is that something? It it varies, I think, depending on the club. I think it. Uh, I think it's traditional sort of a four four two, but with with wingers, so it sort of becomes a four two two two. Um, but yeah, he seems to be four at the back, 
as opposed to three and then wing backs. Uh, you don't know. We, we've obviously signed players to play with wing backs, so he might have to adapt to that for the, the foreseeable. Have you got any thoughts on it, Raj? I know you've been waiting a while. Sorry, have you got any thoughts? Raj? Sorry, sorry to join you late this evening. Um, mixed mixed um, opinion on it. To be honest, I mean, you look at the guy's record. Um, at Fleetwood, did very well. Did got promotion with Fleetwood. He's got promotion with Salford as well through the lower leagues. Um, what else can we say? Didn't do too well at MK Dons, obviously. But um, and it's gone for Pew's average. So to me, it's just down the middle. We have to just back him and get on with it. But to me, it's 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 the second result. They've like obviously wanted Cowley in last week and. Then they've just gone for Alexandra because obviously, you know, they, they have to go react quickly as a board. So that's what's basically happened for me. I think it's kind of a bit of both. But I'll back him like any Bath City manager does. So let's just see what happens. But yeah, again, I, like I say this, and I'm going to say this again loads of times the manager isn't the problem here. And I'll say it again it's the board upstairs. And that record doesn't lie for the last six years or whatever it is. Over, is this our. 13th manager, include, not 14th, including caretakers. So let's just see what happens. That's all I can say. Can I Can I just ask, Raj, you, you said he average at Scunthorpe. What, what, was, what do you think, what looks average at Scunthorpe for you? From what I know, did he, did he get the perfect Scunthorpe or did he just... I mean, he's got a 40, 47% win ratio, 113 games, 53 yeah. wins, 30 draws, 30 losses. Right. That's, that's a phenomenal record. As Like I say, aside from this MK job... Mm-hmm. His record is 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 outstanding. Sorry, it, it, it really is. It's, it's 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 weird that he's even in League Two. If I'm honest with you, I think also as well that Scunthorpe he was there and thereabouts, wasn't he? We got into the playoffs in League One and didn't they lose the semi final to, to Millwall that year? And then obviously yes. gone on behind the scenes, and it and it and it goes to show, doesn't it, in terms of. When teams miss out in the playoffs, it, it's a really hard thing to get over. And Northampton, to their credit, last season to to kind of get over the line and and, and not be too affected, at least enough for the, for the season to to actually go up in the autos. So, do you guys know what style of football is? I like to play. Is it passing or is it long ball? I think Liam's just mentioned earlier about. Uh, do you want to just reiterate what you just said, Liam? Yeah, Liam, go on. Yeah, so. MK, their fans said that he resorted to a more long ball game, um, but I think overall that's not really his game. He, he apparently plays a, a four four two with the sorry the, uh, the the wingers in midfield pushing forward, so it's, it becomes a four two 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 more than anything. The team that Josh Morris was in was he a manager during that time when he was scoring a lot of goals. Um, I don't actually know if I'm honest I with think, you. I think it was when he was on form, Josh Morris, when he left Bradford and he went to Scunny, didn't he? And he was going yeah. If it is that football, then it was very entertaining. It was actually quality, to be honest. I remember it. So, yeah. I'll check, I'll could, check now while the. Yeah. yeah, I'll check it now. I'm sure it might be. No, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, is that either Josh Morris played with him at Fleetwood? It was either Fleetwood. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 2016. Scunny? Yeah, Scunthorpe. It, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was. He signed yeah. it. He, um, yeah, yeah, he signed him at Scunny. And, and yeah, Josh was, was very good there. Yeah, and and the football that they played was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, to watch. It was yeah. good football. And and I think people need to kind of yeah. discount this. Discount this. Uh, this MK thing. It's. Out of everything, people seem to be talking like the rest of his career is an anomaly, and the MK thing is the real Graham Alexander. When when you look at it, 450 games managed, 
16 games at MK Dons is being used as the benchmark and the other 430 odd are being kind of dismissed. I think you, you look at that, it, it just, if he, man, let's say he manages 450 games at Bra- uh, 450 games at Bradford and 434 of them are like the first part of his career and 16 of them are like they are at MK Dons, no one would complain. He'd probably go down as one of the best managers we've ever had. Like that's kind of what we're we're looking at. But it, yeah, it's what it is. It's a strange one. But but you know what we have to do is is like um, Stan was saying, we have to like say back him now because he's got a, is it a three three year deal in it. So you know we can't keep chopping and changing managers, and I don't want that to happen again. You know, like in a year's time, we're here again. He's they've got to stay with the manager now and let him do what he needs to do. Do you so think before, that that's down to us? Sorry, Johnny. Do you think that's down to us, though, as fans? Because we, we keep yeah, talking about... Was. That's what yeah. happened. Fans get but then, the but then on, on that front, on that front why, why are the fans kicking off and saying that like Ryan Sparks is not making the right decisions when you actually look and every decision he's made has been based off of what the Do fans see? have wanted? He yeah, wanted. he does. And, and that's, that's always confused me, that, because we've, we've demanded and demanded and then he's done it and then we've gone, <laughs> well, he shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I'll, I'm, I'm going to drop You're off, right. guys. But carry on, guys. Carry on. All right, brilliant. Before I bring Daisy, just to answer that, I think that's exactly right. He should be doing the opposite of what the fans are kind of uh, demanding. Because you know, if we say, and, and I'm kind of kind of hinting that that he's, he's basically listening too much to the fans and not having his own kind of courage of his own convictions. But Daisy's got his hand up, or he's had his hand up for a little while. So yeah, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Loud and clear. Yeah, I, th- I think I think just thinking out loud, and you know, I've sort of gone from uh, listening to what people are saying, and 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 turned from sort of underwhelmed to quite excited. Uh, it doesn't take me long to change my views, I suppose. But uh, what I wanted to say is, is it not a little bit like um, with is is this not the huge drag, the huge effect that we were all so buoyant, the club was so together, uh, you know, it's not the latter part, granted, but certainly last season. And we overachieved, really, in my opinion. Do you, do you think possibly that we, we we're just on a bit of a downer from you know from what we all thought was going to be the renaissance of our club? Do you think, do you think that plays in the, to the hands of how we're feeling now? Because I think I, it is with me. It does, yeah. all season. I, I've been saying that, and, and Liam was saying, and I've said this at the start of the season. You, you know, I said this on uh, Liam six or six on a Sunday night. Is that you know, kind of people feel almost like they've been um, hoodwinked. You know that, that that they've been kind of in in some way sort of cheat not cheated but I can't remember the, can't think of the word but just almost like betrayed by that Carlisle mm. game and I think there was a massive massive hangover from from that game you know spilling into Crawley away and and Markham away you know seeing people like spitting on each other and getting into fights it's like come on guys you know we, we we're adults here and, and and you're doing this in front of your kids and stuff I think. I, I can understand it because there's been so much frustration of where we're at and, you know, we were in League One and we were going, you know, we were year on year, we were progre- making progress under Parkey, then, you know, under Stewart as well in the first season. Um, and, and I th- yeah, I, I think it is. I think a lot of people were kind of, there was so much hope last year um, and, and, and a lot of goodwill. And, and to be fair, you know, the, the, the players... There were games, and and you know I'm, I, you know I'm I I was a big Hughes in, but I'll I'll criticise elements of what he did and and making that decision. I mean, just going on that Carlisle game, and it's like Liam says, if we go to penalties and lose, then it's a different thought. But you know, with with the substitution, if Harry doesn't 
basically go for that ball and, and leave his goal open and they score from that header and he just basically either stays on his line or just or just they don't score from that. We go into penalties. So it, it, on that, I mean, you know, I do feel he made a mistake in terms of bringing Banks off, but he's kind of like then to kind of carry that into the season, but carry it and then not let go of it. I think that's what's happened is people haven't let go of that. Mm. Um, and, and left in this situation. But, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be um, convinced of, of Graham Alexander, and I'm sure everyone else is. I, I am sure. You know, I mean, I would say for the most part, City fans want, want what's best for the club. It's just to a certain degree, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but you don't know that about ninety nine percent of the things that you have no involvement in. So. Um, mm. But so, so would you say, like these? You know, is that your thoughts as well? That we've kind of there's been a hangover from last season. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think definitely. But I think you know the accumulation of you know there's a little bit of toxicity, if you like, and then sort of five weeks without a mention from the club, and obviously not getting the choice that we wanted, and you know I think just frustration. But then when you start flushing it out in these conversations and look at him statistically. Not just for a player, but not just from a manager, but from a player's perspective. This this fella's a winner. You know, records like, I think he's the oldest Premier League goal scorer um, at 37, I read today. And I'm thinking, you know, this guy this guy has got something in him. So, I don't know, maybe I'm talking myself into it. I've got no choice, so I've got to. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the guy statistically stacks up. So, what's not to like, I suppose? And I'm trying to talk myself around, I think, is, is where I'm at. So before we go to Chris T, uh, there's two tweets I want to share with you. So the man in seat 67, he's put guided Fleetwood to promotion in League 2, won promotion to League 1 with Scunthorpe, guided Salford from the National League to League 2, qualified for Euro Europe in 2022 with oh, Motherwell. Well. Yeah. And also we've had a tweet coming from Julian, do we think we've got him on the cheap? Let's be honest. He would have been desperate to get the job and it would have suited Roop at the time. Mm. So, where are we? So, I'm going to cross over to Chris T now, if you want to speak, Chris. Young man. Hi, you all right? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, all I wanted to say, I was a bit surprised over the last sort of week or so the neg negativity towards Alexander. Um, he started well at MK Dons and then it went tits up, fair enough. Maybe it was just the wrong fit. But at the beginning, before the season started, looking back to last season, I thought League 2 was pretty poor. And I thought if we were going to have a chance of going up, we should have really gone up last season. We, we threw it away, I don't know how many times, as it got towards the end of the season and we bottled it. Um, but then, looking at this season how tough it was going to be. You had Stockport spending a lot of money, Gillingham spending a lot of money, um, Wrexham coming up, Notts County coming up. I thought, this is going to be tough. And then when I saw Alexandra got the MK Dons job, I thought they're going to be, they're going to do well because just because of his record, how well he's done at previous clubs um, and how well he's done at this level. So I was really surprised when everybody was, um, I don't know who City fans wanted really, really baffles me. I mean, like a few people have said, it could have been uh, Pep Guardiola and there'd have been mourning. 
So I think we've got a decent manager there in Alexander. Um, and I think we've done quite well getting him. I think there's a few clubs that haven't got a manager at the minute that would have been in for him if we hadn't got him. So, uh, yeah, give him a chance and let's see how he gets on. So it's like I tweeted out the other day about the Bradford City fan base. Like you're saying there, we could have Pep Guardiola managing. People will still be pissed off. Time will tell now. Uh, I think first game's Barrow in it Saturday, so see how he lines up on Saturday and see how we play Saturday. I think the uh, maybe the reason it's it didn't work at MK Dons was they wanted to play maybe Mike Hughes football um, and he had a good start. He had four wins in the first five games. Um, but I think with Cookie, as Hughes found out, we need to sometimes be a bit more direct. Um, and I'd love to see us bombing forward with wingers and getting crosses in, maybe playing two up top because we've got enough forward players to do it. So, yeah, give me a chance I'm, uh, and we'll see how it goes. It may go tits up and we could be in this position again in 12 months' time or less, but let's give him a chance and see how he gets on. Okay. Yeah, love... yeah um, I'm just reading the Battle for City website again and he's going to take his first training sessions tomorrow at Woodhouse Cup and then he's going to be unveiled to the media tomorrow as well. So that'll be good. I was just reading stuff. Anyone else got any thoughts on it? Chris, just a question to you then. So, do you, uh, I'm assuming then really because of, of the way things have gone, we've gone through managers, do you give um, Alexander till the end of his contract before, you know, obviously, I mean, if it goes really badly, I can understand, but, you know, sort of overall, you know, do you think we've got to give him time? Absolutely. I think we've got to give him time. Um I think if you look at um, if you look at his his past jobs, forget the MK Dons one. And to be fair, I think he um, with MK Dons it it wasn't as bad. I mean, it's turned bad, and he's had all those losses at the end. Um, but to be fair, he started well. I think as a proven manager, compared to some of the other names that were being banded about, he was right up there. Um, his CV was right up there. I think, Chris, as well, you know, to stick the Salford job for two years, given where Salford were and what they were trying to drive, you know, the most impatient club in, in, in ever because of, you know, who backs them. I think yeah. I think there's a little bit of credit on that as well for him to hang around there for so long in, as, as he's done. And I don't know if you've if people have, have spotted it, but Gary Neville at the time when uh, when they sacked him, they said yeah. he made a mistake. Yeah. This would have given him longer. Um, I think he, what the five games unbeaten at the start of the season they were in fifth place and he got the sack now I don't understand um, but that's Salford in it that's um, we think we've got a strangely run club I think um, yeah he, he, he's done well this space was downloaded via spacesdown.com visit to download your spaces today um, and I think he'll, he'll do well for us if, he gives, if we give him the chance and that's it mate he's got to have a couple of transfer windows he's got to have players who can who he, he's identified I mean he might come in and he can work with his squad and, and turn us into uh, turn us into winners you don't know he's got he's got a lot of games we've still got two thirds of the season left um, and I think from where we are now I think we can make the playoffs still. It's it, the season ain't written off, so let's just see how we get on. 
Chris, do you think Graham Alexander then January time, what do you think he'll do? Do you think he'll get rid of players? Do you think he'll bring, if he can, bring uh, Ryan East Young back? What do you think he'll do? I think he's got to get rid of players, mate. I think we've got far too many. Um, we've got a lot of dead wood. I mean, we've got players who clearly... I mean, Kev McDonald won't, won't touch him. Players like Derbyshire, I think, needs to go. I think some of the lone players, I think, to look, look good. A Foker, not really had a chance. Is he going to get much of a chance? Do we need that many wingers? Chappers is back now. I think you look at the balance of the squad. Um... Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And I think he'll look at changing it. And it may be that he needs to get rid of players before he can bring anyone in. We don't know. Will he have any money to spend or not? Don't know. Um, but he's got a good amount of time now. So he's got, what, two months, two and a half months to look at these players and uh, decide what he needs. And then in January, if we we're in a position where we might possibly make, get on a run and, and make the playoffs, then uh, maybe hopefully ruffle back in. I think for me, guys, um, and I've said this all last season anyway, but I think Ryan East needs to come come back in in January. Um, I think. You know, we've obviously through injuries and and, and various things that uh, we've we've been light in the middle of of the park, and uh, I've I've been a massive fan of his since pre season of last year, of last season, um, pretty much when he came in. I think the young thing, if if young can, you know, if it was whatever it was between, it's either between the club and young or it's between Hughes and 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 young. So if it's if it was between Hughes and young, then fresh start. He's a Bradford City player, like Liam said. Swindon ain't signing him because they don't have the money. So let's let's hope that you know the, the the two lads that have gone out have got the game time under the belt to basically come back and come back sort of running um, rather than having to you know and Timmy as well. You know, um, see how I don't know if anyone uh, knows what his progress has been like since he's been out on loan, but. Um, so we do have players, and I agree. There, there is some deadwood there. I think, I think some of the lone players, and, and somebody will correct me saying that. I mean, well, no, because obviously Rom's last season when we played a certain amount of games, and we they couldn't take him back. But you know, there's, there's a lad, a folk who, who I'm sure he'll maybe go on to something. Well, but he's just so raw. Um, we need somebody that's just maybe a couple of steps further in his development if they're going to come in on loan. I like I like to look um Oyegoki I've not got this season and and I think 
I mean, basically, he came in as a right wing back, and, and Brad has just seen him off in that department. So, uh, go ahead, Diane. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I'm just looking at Timmy Ozadebu's now Wikipedia. He's played six games for Woking at the moment with no goals, but he's only on loan until January 2024, so he could be coming back. So, Michael Brett has just tweeted out on the thing underneath. First piece of business, given I'm surprised we've not done, I can't pronounce the word, of who's in the dugout, is to sign Poynton to a long-term deal. And have you got something to say as well, Chew, again, sorry? Sorry, guys, I was listening in, but did, was someone asking about the likes of Ryan East and how they've got on on the loans? Yeah. Generally, yes. Our people have got on the loans. Should get him back in, but sorry, go yeah, ahead, Yeah, so I was at uh, Hartlepool Rochdale last week. He was head and shoulders above every single player on that pitch. He ran the show. He was man of the match by a country mile. He scored a, a great goal. Genuinely, every single thing that Rochdale did went through Ryan East. He, you could just see, like it was infuriating as a Bradford fan to stand there and watch this player do what I've wanted to see us do on that pitch for the last two years. And it just, yeah, he he was so good. It was infuriating, but at the same time exciting because we've got at least another season of him. I think I think everyone's back in January. And then from January, we, we, we sort of look at from there. Timmy Odessina back January, Young back. Uh, and yeah, get uh, get Ryan East back as well. And, and then let's push on. I've never seen Ryan East have a bad game for us. Um, and in answer to the, the, the latest tweet, uh, 1 million percent, we need to get Bobby tied down for a long-term contract. Um, and... You know, blow smoke up the lad's ass because I, I, I've been, I've said to, to you know, sort of like people around me that if we keep Bobby for a, a little while, it obviously depends on our league position. Um, he could have legendary, the same legendary, legendary status as uh, Stewart did as a player. Go ahead, Liam. Um, just with what you said there about uh, Ryan East not having a bad game, we we interviewed. Um, Harry McCurdy, who I'm sure everyone remembers from his Swindon days. And um, obviously East was there with him. And in our interview, weirdly, he brought Ryan East up and said that when he came back in pre-season, he said things had changed. He said, but the one thing that stood out to him was that they'd let Ryan East go. He said that Ryan East was genuinely someone that everybody around the club knew was good enough to be there. And, and it, that, that for me was like, oh, wow, like, that we've, this was a couple of months into last season. We interviewed him. I was like, we've, we've got a player here. Um, so when you've got a player, you know, that finished joint top scorer in the league, saying that this lad is only young and him leaving a club like Swindon was so detrimental to them. He didn't even play many games for them, but it was just his impact in and around the camp. And I, I look, people have been criticising Harry Lewis this season. Ryan East, Jake Young and Harry Lewis were... Like they, they were that were the three. One, they were friends. They were, did everything together. You got to think none of them are really. Obviously, Young is from Huddersfield, but Ryan East, Harry Lewis, they're not from round here. You've taken away those two main people that he kind of bonded with when he came in. So you can't really sort of. You can understand why his confidence has maybe taken a hit um, a little bit. So yeah, no, for me, I think I'm. I can't wait to see uh, 
what is going to happen with um, when Ryan Easton and that come back. I, I really can't wait to see it. I I would uh, add on to that as well, Liam. Is that I, I would I am so excited to see a potential combination of Ryan East and Kev McDonald in the middle with like uh, Bobby, Jamie Walker, and Harry Chapman. You know, kind of like in a, in a front three behind. You know, if we do play the same formation, yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many options. And then there's uh, Pato to come back. You know, from injury as well, and and all of a sudden. It's like if we get it right and we keep these players fit and we bring them back into the fold, we've got so many options. We have. So we, many we actually saw. I don't know if everyone remembers Colchester at home. No, sorry, not Colchester at home last season. In fact, was it? When was the one that Richie Smallwood missed a game because he'd had a baby and uh, Gilly took captain? Salford away. No, no, there was. It was a home game. Um, it, was a home, it was a home game. Gilly took captain, and it was Gilly and Ryan East in the middle. Um, I was thinking Colchester, but no, we 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 beat Colchester with the two in the last minute. Um, I can't remember who it was. But One Grimsby, was it or Hartlepool? No, it weren't Grimsby or Hartlepool. Uh, I might have been Grim. No, uh, do you know? I'm not. Under- I know it weren't Hartlepool. Um, but I'm trying to think where I was sat for. I know where I was sat for this game, and I'm trying to think where I was sat for the Grimsby game. Uh, it could have been Grimsby, you know, but whatever, whichever one it was, we saw Ryan East and Alex Gilead in the middle. And again, like night and day to what we've been used to seeing, there was the partnership was just instantaneous with those two. And like I said at the time, I'd love to see more of those two together. Like really, really would love to see what those two can do um, in a long-term partnership. So yeah, like you say, but it, again, it all revolves around player like Ryan East. Ryan East was obviously brought in to shadow Richie Smallwood. He was never brought in to be an immediate, was he? He was brought in to shadow him and to maybe be the uh, the kind of what took over from Smallwood when he got to the end of his contracts. Mansfield that, at home, that's what it was, I think. Someone's put Mansfield at home. Was it Mansfield at home? Whichever yeah. one it was. Uh, Smallwood had just had a baby, he missed the game and Gilly took captain. Easty was alongside him and yeah, they were just yeah, it, it, it was beautiful to watch. Really, really, really good to watch. So, look, if we've got more of that to come, then I'm all over it. Go ahead, Chris. What you've got? You got something to add or to respond to? Chris, sorry, I just put my mic back on. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking with uh, with the defence, with Alexander and Lachetti both being defenders when they were players. Um, maybe that's a good thing. Um, and maybe our defence will improve because it, it definitely needs to. I mean, we've got far too many for a start. Um, we've got Tomkinson coming on loan. He's not had a sniff. Um, Ash Taylor's been playing recently. Don't fill me with confidence. We've got better, I think. Um, Matty Platt's injured. We've got Timmy Odessina at Woking. I don't know if anybody saw the highlights of the FA Cup games over the weekend. Um, he was playing then in the back four, I think, and... Uh, he didn't look great, but obviously he only showed the highlights. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe um, having those two coming in and, like I say, being defenders by trade, maybe uh, they can tighten up the defence and uh, and get us playing. It's amazing to think that, isn't it? Because we're talking about defence and, and how good that defence was for most of last season. Um, you could have put... Uh, any combination, I know Roms isn't here, but last season, any combination of uh, Platt, Stubbs and Roms, in either a combination of the two of those, out of those three, 
and you would have been happy enough. I think. Um, do you think it's obviously as as we he's tried different options in defensive season? And as you say, I mean Ash Taylor, uh, as 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 <laughs> says, a medium throw specialist. I mean, one of these throw-ins like bounced before the six-yard box, and it's like, well, you know, what is the point of that if if that's your, your kind of tactic? But but yeah, I think it's a bit of stability. And going off of the Harry Lewis thing, I'm a massive Harry Lewis fan. Um, but you know, as, as Liam said the other week, I, I miss that um, because I had family up. But um, you're not going to bring another keeper in. But I, I'm happy enough with Big Colin. Um, uh, Doyle in there um, to to give Harry time to actually reset because it's obviously the the mistakes that are coming in are all, they're all very subconscious and sometimes you need a break from that first team to kind of almost erase those autonomic kind of reactions that are happening that you don't want them to happen um, but I mean that is having said that. I rate Harry. I really do rate Harry. I think he's probably suffering as most players, perhaps from from the hangover from last season or the the, the playoff final. Um, but obviously, second season syndrome as well. You know, he's, he's as far as goalkeeping is concerned, this is his second full season, and like every young player, he's relatively young for a goalkeeper, or at least relatively inexperienced. Is that there's always that second season to live up to the the season beforehand. And for for Harry, I hope that he manages to kind of overcome that, kind of get back to the brilliant, his brilliant best. That he, he, he is a brilliant goalkeeper. So I think um, if we can kind of get some stability, and, and there's me talking about stability, and then bringing Colin Doyle in, but but you know what I mean in terms of like, you know, it's almost like Ryan Algin and and Brad have kind of cemented their place because they were. Um, under threat from the the loanees and signing signings, um, and you, you know, so maybe with that kind of thing uh, in mind, if we can get that sorted, then then there's no reason why we can't then start to build that sort of the combinations in midfield. Does anyone have a, a, any opinion on that? I agree with you about Harry. He's he'll probably. I don't know. It needs a defense to help him out sometimes when when we're playing because sometimes it's not his fault when the ball goes in the net. I'm a Harry Lewis fan as well, so. Well, I'm a big Harry fan, but I think he's had a, a, an awful season. If I'm honest, I think there's there's been so many games where he's made mistakes that somebody of his level shouldn't be making and that's down to the there's some kind of um something subconsciously that's going on when you start to make mistakes and then you don't know why you're making the, those mistakes you can't eradicate them unless you kind of yeah. take some time out from from the first team kind of you know give him some time out of the first team and and you know sort of bring him back in but um you know, and and I'm and I'm a massive, massive Harry Lewis fan. So, um, you know, that's not me criticising him just for nothing. Um, you know, he, he's like any other t- player in the team. If you you lose form, you 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 get dropped for a few games. A bit like Andy Cook last season. You know, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Dropped Andy Cook, didn't it, for a few games last season? Yeah, it's, it's just about managing it, isn't it? Yeah. 
So, Ollie, what's your thoughts on the new manager at Bradford City? It should just be connecting now. Are you there, Ollie? Are you there, Ollie, lad? Are you there, Ollie? If you want to speak, just turn your mic off. I'll turn your mic on, sorry. If you can hear us. Hey, oh, there we go. There, there he is. He is. <laughs> there he there is. We go. Yeah, I mean, Technical difficulties on. Yeah, um, just about <laughs> Harry Lewis. Like, I played in that myself. Um, and I think part of the problem is that he knows that if he makes a mistake, it's probably going to cost us a game. Um, like, if our team was able to play attacking football and score a couple of goals, like, you've almost got that free... Like, the amount of pressure that he's under in goal, knowing that if he fumbles something, it's a goal and there's no way the team can bounce back. I think with more front-footed football, I think his... And, and with better results, I think it's a culmination of the state that the club's been in and the state of the absolute dire performances that we've had to do is the fact that his form's... Um, tailed off I mean I, I, I'm going to contradict myself now and say that under Hughes we weren't the most you know direct team but I saw a stat about I can't remember it exactly but how many times we've scored more than one goal this season and it's it's mm. fairly dire reading to be honest like he knows therefore if he makes one mistake that's a definite goal and we're then playing for one point at the very most it almost seems um, I, th I think that's a major reason. I, I agree, he's been in really poor form. Um, and I think, again, the fact that the people that he's bonded most with have been not in the building, there's not been that that support around him. I still think he's a quality keeper. And I think we're desperate to have him back to his best. Have you got any thoughts on this, Charlie? Okay, the Paredes. Um... I don't really know what's been spoken about. I presume we've just been talking about Lewis. Uh, I've just come to talk about uh, the big news. I'm sorry if it's been spoken about a while, but I've only just Go for had a chance mate, to get on. Say what you want to say. Flaws yours. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how everyone else feels. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm meant to say this, so don't tell anyone. But I, I, I was aware of this yesterday. Um, and... I, I, when I first heard it, I thought, oh, God, because, you know, he'd just been sacked at MK Dons and, you know, he had a bit of time in Scotland, a bit of time at Salford. But then I did a, a, I found out a bit more about him. And I will say I still would have preferred Artel. That's not me kicking off. I ju that's just how much highly I rate Artel. But I do think that, I'm, that this guy is going to be able to provide something for us. I don't know if anyone else disagrees on that because I've seen a lot of people are quite upset with it. Um, so our fan base on it, Charlie, really, it's people like him, people don't like him, people are blaming Sparks, Roop, everyone under the sun. But personally, I would just say, see how it goes. Or is it going to be like three months down time where we're going to, it's going to be a statement at least saying Bradford City have terminate, terminated the contract of Graham Alexander and then we're going to go back to like uh, point one again? So it, here's the thing. He's somewhat used to big tasks. So it, in his first 
I don't think his football's pretty. I will say that. That's a lot of criticism, and that's fair enough. But his first season as a manager, or his first job as a manager, sorry, was Fleetwood. He got them up. I don't know how quickly he got them up, but that was his first job, and he got them up out of league out of League Two. Um, Salford. Uh, he joined in their first season in the National League after just getting promoted into it and he got them up. So I'm guessing this, to me, this seems like a man who knows what a big challenge is, but also or what a big ask is and also sort of, you know, can do Cause it. Because I, I hope he comes in. Uh, so I think Dan was saying that he starts training tomorrow. Uh, according yeah, to does. the yeah. report, so I hope he goes in there tomorrow, kicks um, every single player up their ass, and just basically say, "Give, give the fans what they want: passion, charisma, fight on the pitch, stand up for your teammates, and just see how they get on." And sorry, now, now I know how the uh, unmute button works. You can't shut me up now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like my, I'm I'm really happy with Alexander. Now we've come back to this. Um, I think, especially considering the fact that the monumental mess that we made of the Cowley situation, like anybody knowing they were second choice, I was generally worried that we were going to end up with genuine dross. His achievements in the past are decent. My one criticism, I mean, I, I don't mind poor football providing we're having a go. Um, my one concern is the fact that the success that he's had, he's had at Fleetwood, he's had at um, Salford it's always been at the relatively bigger spenders in the division um, and Sparks has been on record the fact that you know the chairman's not the most flush with with cash I'm slightly worried that will he have the nous and the savviness to be able to recruit on lower salaries and what help will he get with recruitment are we going to allow Gent to have a say or is he going to be pulling the strings I don't know could I speak a bit about the um, the financial situation Go from what I, I know? So don't, I could be, this is the gist of it. I'm not going to come out with exact stats, but I believe that because of financial fair play in this league, what we earn is what we spend. Um, and then there's Wrexham who were allowed, this was my first question when I found this out, how come we can't spend extra, but Wrexham can, and they have less, you know, less ticket sales? And I found out that because of the documentary, they're allowed to receive a lot of money through through sponsorship. Um, so this, I'm not saying anyone's criticising like Ollie. I, I get what you're saying, but in terms of ownership funding uh, being being low, that's true. But that's also because he can't add much. That's just something I wanted to add. That's not me trying to start on Ollie. Um, but I've, I thought I'd explain a bit because this is just stuff that I've I've learned a lot recently as well. Because with Wrexham, I know in, when they started the documentary National League, apparently in National League, there's not such thing as financial fair play. So they could bring in players left, right and centre. Uh, oh, Sam's just tweeted out two seconds. Uh, Sam, Ru uh, hashtag Roop out. Also, Wrexham have a multi-million deal with United Airlines. Yeah, absolutely. Because, And they get these sponsorships from the millions of people that watch the documentary. If we had millions of people watching our club, you know, on Disney+, Plus, we'd get um, a better sponsorship deal too. 
Oh yeah, um, just to kind of add that, like I'm, I'm absolutely not trying to throw shade at Rupp there. Like I'm, I'm by far definitely not in either of the camps of I love him or I want him out. Um, it was just I know that the money that we've got. Like, I mean, I'm really happy that we don't have a chairman who's, you know, asset selling and stripping and you know running us into the ground. Like I think, as far as a disinterested German business businessman goes. I think he's, you know, there's there's worse out there. So yeah, sorry if that got misconstrued. No, no, no. I I, I wasn't uh, trying to sort of say that you said something wrong. I was. I just thought I'd had a bit more clarity on it, just because it was something that I found interesting and I didn't really understand how it worked. And you know, yeah, that's it. That, that it wasn't anything against you or or accusing you of saying anything. So don't worry about that, mate. Like Oops, sorry. sorry, sorry, Johnny. I think that's kind of highlighting as well what a good job the commercial department is doing. Um, David Longo is heading that up, and and last season, and, and you know, obviously this season, like you know, this partnership, that partnership, and 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 whatever you know, whatever the actual partnership it is, whether they kind of do something for nothing, it means that the club isn't having to spend that money, so the, the funds uh, are taken, you know, used elsewhere, and and obviously we've been able to sign the squad that we signed last season on the back of good um, commercial deals. Now, we are Bradford City, we're League Two, so they're going to be of a certain size and and we don't have a a Hollywood A-lister that can attract like a £20 million uh, sponsorship deal. So I think in that respect, I think we are doing quite well. Um, and, And obviously, probably a large part of that is the uh, is the number of buns on seats that that the um, you know the the sponsors or partners as they're called these days can basically get eyes on their product and services. So I think a big shout out to to the likes of David Longo and the market you know the the commercial department um, for for generating that income. So so and also going back to what I said in terms of um, before that Ryan Sparks when he said. You know, it, it was probably clumsily put, but he made that very point that we're not having to have the owner bail us out every five months or so because obviously the the club is leaking money because we're not getting the the, the commercial money in. So, so I think we probably do have uh, somebody will correct me or at least back it up that we, I'm sure we have a, com- a competitive budget as far as the season goes. So. Um, based on what what Charlie said, and, and and probably you know what other people said about Alexander is that yeah you know kind of just let him do the job. You know? So going back to what Charlie and Olive been discussing about discussing about the like uh, the owner and stuff. Uh, just want to go back to the TNA news article. Uh, about Derek Adams further down it's it's on the TNA website if anyone wants to look at it but further down let me just find it here we go so support your manager through thick and thin Adams discussed the financial impact that City faced playing at the ground owned by former chairman Gordon Gibbs family pension fund and then he quotes to be fair that the CEO Ryan Sparks he has spent the club's money on getting new seats for the stadium he added they have spent over 500 on rent each year just to start the season they have to do all the maintenance on the stadium as well it's not easy the best advice i could give to bradford city support is to support your manager through thick and thin and eventually you might get through that 
Well, I mean, I, I've, I've been saying that basically that that the Sparks or the board or whoever should have just basically stuck to the guns um, and and listen less to the fans. And and if that's their plan for the for the way forward, as in like um, you get this manager in or you get that manager in, you've got to basically allow that to to kind of um, to take its course and and kind of see it because otherwise you you just um, you are reacting every time and it's and it's you know so that is my that would be my criticism or the main criticism of, of from coming from the club is that they've kind of flip flopped in in their basically their strategies and you know that's also what kind of Derek was pretty much saying really wasn't it that we didn't really have a strategy so I think Spark should have uh, as well stood up to Derek and when he got rid of um, when he got rid of the uh, the previous incumbent uh, Gent's previous incumbent and um, said look no this is the model that we're going with we, we're having somebody that's basically signing players you can you can liaise with him but that's what it's got to be so I think that's been a lack of leadership from Sparks and probably down to the fact that he's the youngest CEO in the you know, um, in in the league, and, and maybe to a certain degree, degree feels he's kind of well. He doesn't have the gravitas of say like Dara McAnthony or, or wherever. You know, does that make sense to anyone? Yeah, it makes sense to me. You were talking about what Derek Adam said about um, the stadium and that lot. I've had to report seat in the cop that's still broken from last match. So hopefully that'll get fixed. That's when the ball hit the seats, wasn't it? When uh, a player decided to, I can't remember it was, smashed it and end up hitting the seat. I think that was it the was, EFL it, trophy. Yeah, I noticed it against Wrexham. I know even where it is because I reported it again because it was, still wasn't fixed. <laughs> Moving on to Billy Bantam, you've asked to uh, speak. What, what's your thoughts, Billy Bantam? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I think, I think it's if you're on paper, it's, you could look at it and say it's not the most inspiring appointment. I think it's a bit of a gamble on Sparks, but I think on the one hand, with Alexandra MK Dons, you could arguably say they look they're a bit more of a possessive based team and also I think their chairman or whoever kind of runs the football inside of the club is I think he has come out on record to say that he felt the Graham Alexander appointment wasn't the right one and I think he actually took a bit of responsibility on that so I think on that one you could arguably say you could you know it wasn't really all him um I think the only concern I have with him a bit is, I think someone made the point before, but you do look at his what he did at Salford, and although he did do well, you could arguably say he had one of the highest budgets uh, in the league, and also, I, I can't really comment on the Fleetwood one, but I think what I hope Ryan Sparks has done is, is ultimately, I felt when he got rid of Hughes, he also had to make a big decision on um, Ghent as well, um, in terms of the recruitment side, and I'd like to think he's included him in the interviews because ultimately when we got rid of Hughes he had to also decide if we were going to back Ghent or not in terms of recruitment because for me it was quite obvious between Ghent and Hughes the idea of who they wanted it just wasn't there it was kind of like they almost wanted two different types of players and I think in order for 
Graham Alexander to work at the club. It also needs to work with uh, Ghent as well. So I think them two need to be aligned more. And I'd like to think maybe Sparks has included Ghent in the interview process if he is going to back Ghent that much in terms of recruitment as well. Um, I think I don't know. I think I think I'm at the stage with the club where I kind of just don't really know anymore. I don't know if anyone else feels the same way. Just I, I don't know. I I, I I I don't know. Like I don't I don't think of the appointment and think it's terrible, but I don't look at it and think, oh, this is this is great. I, I generally think after Hughes now, I just don't really know anymore. Um, I just feel like the club needs a massive reset. Um, I don't think Stefan Rupp's a bad person, and I don't think he's the owner that people make him out to be. People can come on the space and argue all they want. I, I don't care. I'm not saying he's a great owner, but I don't think he's the worst owner in the world either. Um, I, I get where people come from in saying that, you know, it's repetitive to always say about, oh, well, look at Burry, Berry and, and, and stuff like that. I do agree with that because, yeah, I think it does get to a point where if you have mediocrity for so long, I'd rather would maybe would rather take a gamble and see where it would go. But I think people have to be realistic in that it wasn't really Rupp that was the problem. I think maybe the one criticism I do have of him now is I do think it's time that maybe he just accepts that he just needs to sell up even if he loses a bit of money because I don't think he's going to get the money he wants for the club now. But I just I don't know if anyone else disagrees. But I think also with Sparks as well, my opinion of him has changed a little, but I still don't think he's as bad as what everyone made him out to be because I think with Derek Adams, the, the criticism you could arguably say was the character where maybe he should have considered that. And I do think if he had a bit more of an experienced CEO, maybe someone would have realised that. But at the same time, when we appointed him, it looked like a steal on paper. And I, I don't care what anyone says about when we appointed Hughes. Everyone was absolutely gasping for joy when we got Hughes. And... I think it's one of them where I think a lot of us just couldn't have predicted it. If we were in his seat, that it wouldn't have worked. I don't care what the keyboard warriors say on Twitter. There is no way anyone would have predicted that that wasn't going to work, in my opinion. So I think the only criticism I do have of Sparks at the moment is I don't think he... He's a lot of talk, I do feel, about the mediocrity side and stuff. And I do feel them words are eating him a bit now, which is where I am going to criticise him, but a part of me just feels we're just one appointment away from getting it right I, I, I generally do and I get what um, Derek Adams has come out on that article and stuff um, to say but I think he's generally the type of person that's going to say that to make himself look better I don't really buy into I, 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 I somewhat agree with what he's saying but at the same time I think he's kind of just saying it to make himself look better if that makes sense because I don't think he'd have got us to the playoffs that year um, personally It's like going back to your thing about Roop there's like teams out there, and I'm going to name a few like Berry, Southend, Scunthorpe. I don't think personally we'll get in that situation like that because the owner's doing okay. He's not doing brilliant, but he's doing okay. He's keeping his afloat. Money's there. Club's making money. I don't know how much the club made off the top of my head like last year, uh, last season. I know they released the stats every year or so. So the club, I personally, I don't think we'll go under anything like that. But we just need someone to put a bit more money into the club, bring in decent players, and then just sort this bloody team out because League Two is horrible. And I've had it yeah, with think... Forest Green and stuff like that, and Sutton and Barrow. Want to get to where big boys play again? Yeah, because I disagree with people saying he's the worst owner ever or whatever. But I do agree that I think it is time he just cuts his losses now because I kind of. 
if you look at it from his point of view, because you have to look at it his way, unfortunately, whether people like it or not, I think I kind of get what he was trying to do. You know, ultimately, he was sold a dream that didn't work out the way he wanted it to be. And I think people have to remember that. All right, fair enough. So he's probably thought to himself, I'll just try sell the club and recuperate the money. And I think he probably thought, well, hopefully the club can bounce straight back up. I think where I am starting to criticise Rupp now, and I am agreeing that I just think he has to go, and I think it isn't going to be long until people... Um, I think if, if this doesn't work with Graham Alexander, I think um, serious process could happen, is that I think he does need to now cut his losses. Fair enough, he's, he's, we've, come, we've come back down to League One and he's tried to bounce back up, get to League One, and hopefully maybe he can get his money back. But I just think it's clear now with the quality of money that's in the league now, it's not going to happen. And yeah, I, I do think it's time he... He sells up now, personally. I'll Stan? just answer, yeah, I'll just answer that. I, I mean, he's kind of saying he he should cut his losses. I mean, would you, you know, lose millions of pounds for something that you're not emotionally invested in? Yeah, but I think that's where, like, I, I kind of see it from his point of view as well. That's why I'm not saying, like, I, I just think he's terrible and he's a terrible person because I, I do see it from his point of view as well in that, you know, at the same time, you know, he was sold the dream of, oh, when this was when Ryan was here, obviously, we'll make our way up to the championship, hopefully even Premier League, make a few um, pound here and there. And then, you know, that's that, you know, you reap the rewards for it. So I do get that whilst that hasn't worked, he does want his money back. But I just think at the same time, he can't also come out with, like, when he first, when, with right, right first when and we got relegated to say I want to make it up for the fans I want to get the club back to where it's going to be because I think if you're going to say that you've got to back it as well um, I get the approach he's trying to do you know fair enough in being self-sustainable but I just don't think that's going to work now not with like the money that's involved in the cl- with clubs anymore I don't know whether you can arguably look at League 2 at the moment and say it's a bit of a freak and maybe in a few years it'll kind of even itself out once the Wrexhams and the Notts Counties and stuff like that go but I just think the investment from the American side and you know even other people coming in I think it's just going to get more and more so I think I think yeah. four, four good teams are going up this season aren't they like four four very good teams will be leaving this division what does that leave three three in us I, I I can't see Rupp walking away and I think Alexander I think this season is a free hit if if there's something to play for towards the end of the season other than relegation, I think it's been a successful season. Um, like if we're on the verge of the playoffs and we've got a little bit of excitement because I'm I'm at the stage where I'm writing the season off. I think it's over. Um, yeah, so do I. But if there's if there's some excitement, I think Alexander's done a decent job. He gets the summer then, and he's got a free hit that season in a in what I perceive will be a weaker division because bottom end of League One, like. Cheltenham are going to come down happy days um, and then four big hitters go up I think next season we've we've got a shot of the autos I mean I know we say this every season but it's, it's going to be a weaker division next season um, I think three of the four teams that go up from our division will be in the top six in the next division as well potentially What's your thoughts on that Sam? I know you got your hand up there To kind of come back on, on what uh, Billy Banter said about investment, um, I don't know if you heard, but uh, earlier, but the whole thing with investment is, is that we he, we he can't put any more in because of the financial fair play system. So it's based on uh, on on kind of revenue generated, and the likes of Wrexham etc. can put in that amount of money because basically they've had a massive sponsorship on the back of having an A-list Hollywood celebrity 
uh, own the club. So we are at capacity. So it's not uh, as simple as just him not putting money in. And also, don't forget, we got relegated. Um, Rahic was spending, you know, Rahic was putting us into a. First of all, yes, he was absolutely hoodwinked by Rahic, like everyone else was. Um, he, he, he's not a football man. He was approached and sold. You know, he's seen it from an investment point of view, and 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 it wasn't an unreasonable investment and a proposition. What he didn't know, and what we didn't know until only behind the scenes would know, that basically Rahic was a was a, um, a charlatan and um, you know an egomaniac and a, a probably a sociopath as well and. So you know, I, I do. If I remember correctly, he kind of steadied uh, the ship in COVID, and don't forget, everybody was affected by COVID. Even I would I imagine his businesses, his business interests would have been hit by COVID. But he basically, we weren't in any danger in that season um, with with you know obviously lack of um, you know basically. Uh, turnover and people coming in through the door um and yeah th- there's no reason why he should a- 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 take a hit on something that he's not emotionally in- he's not a Bradford City fan we're Bradford City fans and I don't think I could take a hit of millions you know just just because um you know the the fans aren't happy with with how things are being run that's not to say that is above criticism because I'm sure there'd be things that you could, if you actually knew what was going on, you could say, well, I, I think you could have done that better or or differently or whatever. Um, I still think that the season is there for the taking because it's like about 28 games or something. And what, there's only six points off the playoffs or something. So if if we get stability between now and the end of the season – there's no reason why we can't go for that. And and at least from the fans' point of view for this season, it's a free hit, which means that there's hopefully fewer rumblings on in the terraces and just let Alexander get on with it and um give him the hopefully give him the tools and, and see what he th- see you know, see what he thinks needs to be done. Um so with that in mind and yeah, so so for me the season's far from over and yeah, just to kind of like uh, temper some of the expectations with investment and stuff, it, it can only go on on, ter- uh, on turnover and, and commercial activity. So we're at, unless we get a massive sponsorship deal, there's not going to be any kind of monopoly money thrown into the club. So, no, I do agree. And sorry, Dan, I know you've got your hand up. Like the only the only reason I disagree to an extent as well is. You look at Sparks now, right? I, I just look at the structure and the hierarchy of the club, and I just don't think there's any pressure on Sparks. Like, like I, I think part of me felt if we had an owner that generally sort of cared and wanted the club to move forward and do well, there would be pressure on Sparks, which may, I, I guess, almost put pressure on Sparks to maybe get a few more people in so it covers himself as well. I, ju- I just feel at the top like from Rupp I just don't think there's any pressure I think as long as the club's turning over it's breaking even basically so he's not having to put money in he's settled with that and I think also with Sparks I'm not saying Sparks is bad by the way like I do think he sometimes has been harshly treated but there's also not a lot of pressure on him either to think oh well 
have I considered this? Have I considered that? I just think he feels like, yeah, I know I'm going to be all right in the role I'm in. Because realistically, if Rupp gets rid of him, Rupp will have no idea who to go to. And I just think from that, that's why I just think we need a change. Because I think we need someone who's actually, I just think, gives a shit to put pressure, put more... I don't know. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say, though? Like, I, I get what you're saying about the investment and stuff. I, I do, compl- I, I do agree with you, um, and I, I, I do agree from Rupp's side as well that you know he's realistically not just going to allow three, four million. I don't know how much it is to just go to waste. So I'm not trying to like sit here and say, oh, I don't see it that way, and you're wrong. Because I, I do completely agree, and I think it's in high, you know. In hindsight, it's easy for us to think, "Oh, he should just sell," but there's a lot of other factors. But <clears throat> I just think there's gonna—I just think there's quite a lot of mediocrity at the top as well. And I think it, I, I just think it's not going to change until we get an owner that is kind of wanting to push the club and do really well and is interested. Uh, it's just my opinion, of course. But yeah, that's just, yeah. I'll just try and quickly, then, and I'll, I'll just say that I think Sparks is under a lot of pressure. I think, and and, and Sparks. My guess is he's a he's a cheap option. Uh, if we were to go for somebody of a more experienced CEO, I think so. I think Rupp would be paying a lot higher salary. So um, yeah. Anyway, Diane, what were you going to say? Yeah, you were talking about the playoffs, weren't you? We are six points off the playoffs because I've just had a look now. I keep looking, you know, at tables, and we played sixteen, so there's about another thirty games to go. So I think we can make the playoffs. So, guys, uh, going to do last cu- guys and girls for the last couple of minutes. So, starting from Stanley, uh, where do you it's, think uh, Stanley's twelve, uh, Johnny? Not Stanley. Sorry, it's not Stanley. It's, uh, it's either Stan or Stanley's twelve. So, sorry, Stan. Uh, yeah. Start from Stan. Uh, last couple of minutes. Uh, where do you think Bradford City will finish under uh, Alexander? So starting from Stanley onwards to Billy, what's your thoughts? Well, for me, you know, there's no reason why we can't be in the playoffs. And I would say, I'll, I'll, I'll stick my neck on the line. I never deal with uh, predictions, score predictions, but playoffs. Diane, I think playoffs. I think just uh, playoffs all the top half, and then get promoted next season. Chris. Yeah, I'll be happy with playoffs. I think we can make it, so let's uh, let's get behind Alexander and hopefully he'll get us there. Yeah, definitely. Billy? It's hard to say because I, I think I, th- I think Salford have improved, so I think Salford could potentially be up there. Um, I think MK Dons will be with, um, with their... I'll probably say I think we could sneak seventh like we did last year, but yeah, I'll go seventh. I think we'll finish seventh. Happy days. Right, I'm just going to click this button here. So, I just want to say thank you for everybody for joining today. You can also get this full podcast on Spotify and Apple Music and also going to be on YouTube. We're also on Bradford City Up the Chickens on Facebook. Wherever you are in the world, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Thanks good- for listening.
Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.